Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Do you have a game plan for this season of your life? Well, I don't know. Do, do I? Do you, uh, do you think perhaps you might coach me? Yeah, I, I really wish I could. That's why we put people in our lives like our two guests today, Sharon Ramsey and Dr. Natalie Eastman. Well, and then there's always books, you know, because they're great coaches and mentors. Books like Financial Peace, perhaps, and other resources um, for life because you and I love, we crave books and reading and and just, you know, understanding and, and learning through that. And we're excited Absolutely. about our two guests. Okay, before we get too far into our show today, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Well, let's introduce our first guest today. I'm really excited about this. Sharon Ramsey is married to Dave Ramsey, who is a globally recognized financial expert and radio TV host. Together, they have three children, Daniel, Denise, and Rachel. And Sharon co-authored the book, Financial Peace, with her husband, Dave. And as we know, she is also his chief advisor. We know how that goes. <laughs> well, Sharon and Dave are also friends of our church, and we have had the opportunity to spend a, a little bit of time together. And most recently, it was in Nashville, where they truly gave us a Nashville experience. And you know how much I love that yes. city. Yes. And um, it was everything Nashville. And the experience, it truly went beyond the definition of hospitality. I mean, on every level, it was one of those most amazing that you go, I don't even have the words and their generosity and their just, it, it was amazing. And um, I must say that Dave and Sharon, they are truly, they're an amazing couple. They're genuine, they're generous, they're fun, and they're the real deal. And you can't help it when you spend time with them, you walk away um, from being with them, and you realize they truly do love God, and they truly love people. Well, they are living out their calling, and they truly make a, a dynamic partnership. So, Sharon, we are so excited to have you join us today at Girlfriend It. Well, thank you, Lisa. It's so nice that you asked me to be on your show, and that was such a great introduction. I really appreciate that. So, well, yes, I thank you. I appreciate it. No, well, we, we, seriously, you guys really do know how to uh, roll out the red carpet and just make people feel special wherever you're at. And I just remember one thing that we went to lunch when you guys were here mm -hmm. um, yes. and we were mm -hmm. sitting out on a patio at, at a restaurant. And I remember, and, you know, we're just engaged in conversation and you kind of forget who you guys are. And I remember people would walk by and go, are, are you Dave Ramsey? And it stopped him. And he was so gracious. He would just stand up and go, yeah. well... I am. Yes. And who are you? And you just made the person feel special. And so appreciate that about because there's a lot of people, celebrities mm -hmm. that um, don't do that. It, it, it becomes about them. And you guys really are not that. So I just want people to know you guys really are the real deal. And you really do care about people, which gives you credibility mm -hmm. when you read your books and you read all that mm -hmm. you're doing because you know you're doing it to truly help people for the right reasons. Yeah. So. 
Well, Thank I you think I uh, said it correctly. We do care about people, Lisa. I mean, um, you know, people make up this world, and uh, God created us that way to love one another. And when you go through difficulties that we experienced early on in life, you do realize that people play such an important role in your life. So uh, we are just down-to-earth people, and we're normal like everyone else, and um, we just love people. We love to be around people, so it's an honor for us to always be able to express that. Well, we're excited, Sharon, to hear your story. Um, I just have to tell a real quick story, and Lisa's probably already shared this with you, but just for our listeners to hear. Um, okay, sure. It's, it's funny. We go into um, some of the strip clubs every month, and we just love just loving on the girls and giving them cupcakes, yeah. and we occasionally have an opportunity to invite them to go to church or come to a Bible study with us or come to an event at church. And uh, this was a time when Dave Ramsey was going to be speaking at our church about a year ago. Oh, good. There was this Mm -hmm. huge billboard right outside this particular strip club that we were at. And so we were sharing and talking with the gals. And um, finally, one of the gals on our team said, you know, here, here's a brochure. We would love for you to come to this event. It will, you know, help you get your life together and help Mm -hmm. you with your financial planning, help you budget. And she goes, and by the way, this event, you know, the, the guy who's speaking at our event is right outside. When you walk out to your car, there's this big billboard right there. Uh We were like, only God would place a billboard right there at the strip club. And she ended up Coming, yeah, to the she event. Ended up coming to the event that Dave was speaking at, but it was so funny because it was advertising uh-huh. the local radio show, you know, here in the valley, which is a huge deal, and so it was so funny. Like, well, there he is, and right by there. the way, there he uh-huh. is. <laughs> well, I remember you mentioning that to us. So, God yeah. speaks in so many different ways, doesn't He? Oh, He truly does. Well, we want to jump in just for your time okay. and to hear um, you because we know, you know, it's interesting, like a lot of our listeners are, are pastors, wives, or women yeah. in ministry okay. and leaders. And, um, you know, you and Dave really do have a special, unique, and dynamic partnership. But Dave is the one that has the mic most of the time. Yes. So we yes. want to hear from you because, you know, when, when he has talked, he has really um, referenced you and how you have been significant in decision making. I remember him telling us the story, you know, when you guys were looking at the building, your office mm-hmm. building, and mm-hmm. how you really had a strong voice and he really listened to you. And mm-hmm. so you really do give him a lot of input and you really are his advisor. So from your perspective, can you give us a glimpse just into your life and how you really have journeyed to this point? Mm-hmm. Well, our, actually, our journey started close to, um, wow, 20, 25, 30 years ago, Lisa. And, you know, we got married like anyone else did, graduated from college, got married the same month, and we actually moved here to Nashville, which was a new experience for me actually living in a larger city. And we started life like every young married couple. We actually, you know, had no money, basically, and we just started from the ground up. And for those that have read David's story, I know he goes more into detail about his business being in real estate and so forth. And, um, you know, I also worked before children, which I enjoyed so much. I I really did kind of miss that career, um, that career that I was in there for a short period of time. 
But once we started having children, you know, I, we both had talked, you know, what do we do? Do I continue working? Do I stay at home? But I definitely wanted to be here with the children. So we made that decision. Uh, we had to get a little tighter on the budget because, you know, we were losing the small amount of income I had coming in. So things changed from the day one since we started having the children because of that. And gradually, um, you know, David's business grew. He has that D personality. He's such a go-getter, and I do admire that so much. And my husband, if you're ever around him, I think you can see it and you can definitely hear it in his voice, you know, being on the radio and so forth. So he had that determination and that willpower to do whatever it took to um, make his career just pop. And he did that. And, um, you know, with me, again, I kind of, because of being at home, he was more in the business life than I. And he definitely would come home and, and talk about things going on, you know, at the office as the, as the business was building and different directions he was leading. But the major things that happened in our lives was always centered around the communication he and I had. Because without the communication, you know, we, were, we would have been lost. And um, the trust that we were building during that time, you know, me trusting him um, in the career and trusting him as a husband, you know, to provide for our family and everything. So little by little, his career uh, took off and it succeeded really well. But all of a sudden, there was just this boom that happened in the real estate market and things started just, you know, we was in a whirlwind. And again, I guess really, I just, I wasn't concerned as much because I knew he was the, you know, again, he was the provider. And um, when he actually came home to say, Sharon, this is what's happening, you know, and we've got a matter of time to do this and this and this, and there was a, a game plan, we, we just really together, I felt like a lot tighter during that short frame of time, even though there were so many questions, you know, that had to be answered and, and I didn't understand and he was having to explain, you know, things that were going to happen and things were that, um, that the future was going to hold for us. So I really, I, I just had to trust him during that time. And, you know, we had problems. I mean, like any couple going through financial trouble, we did have tr um, trouble. But uh, for those that haven't read the book or don't quite know the story, we did file for bankruptcy. And we were 28 years old. And, you know, looking back on that, the age that we went through was a blessing because we were young. Uh, we were still a little innocent. We were still learning about life. We were learning about each other still. But, you know, I look back on that, Lisa, and it was so long ago. And I do remember the painful times, and I do remember what we had to do to outcome that. But I think also um, I don't want to say I forgot about it because I know God takes me back to that life to make me more humble and more um, happy about where the direction of life and what our future holds now. But um, that was a story, and that's a story that God used so much for my husband, and he's used it for me. I've learned to share that 
just really in the last five or so years. I've learned to to be able to talk about it more openly. Um, it was embarrassing, you know, when we did go through that. But I've learned the grace that God has given me and us as a couple. And I know the story, you know, it's really laid out such a path because of the story and the testimony that we both can look at people and we can share that testimony and we can just give people hope. And I think that's lacking so much in any anyone's life. I think we go through stages of lacking in hope. So that's going to have to hold that thought. Sharon, hold that thought, and we'll be right back with Sharon Ramsey. Oh, okay. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. And she is married to Dave Ramsey, who is globally recognized financial expert and radio TV host. And they have three children, Daniel, Denise, and Rachel. She also co-authored Financial Peace with her husband, Dave. Well, Sharon, I have to tell you, our next guest that is going to be on the show, her name is Dr. Natalie Eastman. And she Uh wrote this email to me when she heard that you were going to be the guest prior to her. 
Uh, she wrote, Aww. my I are financial peace university grads and recently heartily endorsed it to a new forming class. And as we all know, it takes two to support a charger like Dave Ramsey. Behind every great accomplished man, very often risk takers and entrepreneur types like Ramsey is, stands a great woman as well as vice versa. So partnership is necessary for thriving. So I have the utmost respect for his wife. So I just had to share that with you. Sometimes people are talking behind your back and you never get to, you never get to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That's so true. Uh, That's so true. Well, I do have to admit, can I be a little honest here for just a second? Because we are talking girls to girls. Um, (laughs) I do support him and I have supported him, but there were times that I didn't always agree with him and, um, and I know that it's not that I, I guess I always was asking questions all the time. And I think maybe he, um, he definitely was always telling me answers that answers. But, um, you know, we as wives, we just have to be concerned and we just have to make sure. To me, it was so important for communication. And um, I think couples have to learn how they can communicate with their spouse in any kind of situation, whether it's career or finances or just children. But the communication is so important, and I will always remember those special, special times that he and I would be able to either go out to dinner or just have quiet time after the kids were asleep and just talk about life. Life plays an important part with each other, and it's going to carry you all the way through. So, you know, I would encourage your listeners um, just to to be honest with each other, with themselves first, of course, and be honest with your spouse. It, it, it was a key that really succeeded in our lives. That is such a great tip. Um, communication, sometimes we just discount mm-hmm. that. And yet you see the, the happily married couples are the ones that truly are able to, to communicate. Mm-hmm. Well, and keeping the communication current, not letting things build up. Mm-hmm. So, all, so all of a yes. sudden you have like five issues mm-hmm. and they don't even know what the other four were anymore. You right. know, mm-hmm. that you can harbor mm-hmm. them. So just keeping it current, like you said, is so significant. Well, yes. you said um, we ended up the, the last segment and you were talking yes. about just the troubles that uh-huh. you had experienced. And I, and I know uh, Dave writes about them in the book, but you yes. mentioned just the embarrassment. And I know, especially yes. after 2008, 2009, we just have had so many women share that when all of a sudden, you know, here you are, your, your husband or you, yes. your CEO, COO, um, and then everything starts falling apart where you are embarrassed. And yeah. sometimes you don't, you can cocoon yourself with, with your husband, but you also need that support outside of, of your marriage. Yes. Did you have a girlfriend to yes. go to or how, how far in the spiral of embarrassment did you mm-hmm. fall? <laughs> yes. Well, honestly, looking back on that and thinking about it, Lisa, um, we did keep that a secret for I'm not I'm going to say maybe two or three months of after filing bankruptcy. It was just something that we, you know, probably we also had trouble communicating that. But I did have a friend. Uh, she was went to our church, and little by little, I mean, people people know when you're not yourself. And she did come to me. And I had two little babies, 
and she came to me and and you know she'd keep saying are you okay you know are y'all doing all right what's going on and yes I broke down and I told her and I felt a little guilty for telling her because again Dave and I had never talked outside the house about it so I I didn't I felt guilty because I possibly was breaking it wasn't like I was breaking a rule but I was confining in another person versus my husband. And she and I sat down and I cried. I told her everything going on. And she she sat and she just listened. And she was a true friend. And I will never forget, she took my hand and she said, can I pray for you? And I said, yes. And she sat there and said a beautiful prayer. And she just looked me in the eyes and she said, Sharon, it's okay. You're going to be okay. And talking with her and leaving the hope and the joy and the peace that just came over me that day, it really pulled me through. And I knew that I could always go back to her, you know, time and time again and let her know. And she helped us or she helped me to be able to just face life and does let me know it's okay. It's okay. So yes, I did. I had a I had a really great friend that walked through that with me. And that that is so powerful because it, it's something. It that's like a sacred moment when you can just mm-hmm. you realize your story is safe with somebody else. And like for that woman, yes. I think a lot of times if somebody comes to us, we feel like so inadequate. Like I need to have the right answer, and all it is is like you said, she grabbed your hand and she just prayed mm-hmm. and told you it's going to mm-hmm. be okay. That's yeah. all it needs. That's all you need as a woman to go. Somebody gets yeah. it. I, I will be okay, but I need to be reminded of that mm-hmm. in this moment because it doesn't feel okay, and um, and to know that it's mm-hmm. safe. And that's what we we always just want to, you know, patting our are just um, bent on just creating those safe places for women to go. Yeah. Your story is safe here because you need to find that place. Well, you know, yes. throughout as you, you know, your story and, and life has gone on and, you know, you, you, you know, you got beyond that moment and, you know, we've seen the results now with you, what, you know, mm-hmm. financial peace and all that, um, through all that growing and learning. And then you become, day becomes more high profile and more public and, and all that. And that's a lot to transition to grow up with because you, you're not the same two people that you were when you got married, life is different. And I know for like, you have to learn how to grow individually, but also grow together. Can you just explain to women who like, who's maybe, um, both of them are, you're doing dynamic ministry and it's hard because you have people watching you and, and, you know, with that comes the Mm -hmm. criticism Mm -hmm. also comes in, you know, incredible opportunities. How do you navigate through that and still maintain your role as a mother, as a wife and as you, Right, right. Well, I think, um, you know, we start the morning off, you know, of course, getting up and drinking coffee. And, and again, I am go back to communication. But, you know, we sit every morning for probably, I'm, you know, I'm guessing 15 minutes, give or take on certain mornings. And we just talk, you know, we talk about calendars. We talk about things that are coming up and and events my husband participating in. So, you know, we get that kind of out of the way. But I I just have to really take time occasionally and just really focus on, you know, where the career path has taken us. And um, 
again, I'm not involved with the company. I just really am more of the person that stays home and really supports and um, helps him, you know, at the home. He has people at the office that are definitely reaching out and helping those. But um, I'm I'm just the backbone here at the house, and in order for me to be able to do that, um, I just have to be focused on different things. I'm involved with different organizations and everything. But, uh, you know, God gives you the time that you need for certain things. Well, and that's a key point. Like you said, the communication, even just 15 minutes a day, that's encouraging because mm-hmm. that's doable. Yes. And, and keeping yes. current and understanding what each other is doing. And, and that also helps you to pray for each other during the day because, you know, yes. you know yes. it's on the yes. schedule, yes. what they're going to be looking at. And so that's that's so helpful. But I, I like what you're saying is like you have found a place um, like organizations that you have now become involved in. You know, yes. as we go through the yes. seasons, kids are grown and it's like we still need to yes. continue to grow personally, yes. not yes. just settle and, and sit back on our laurels. And we just have less than three minutes. I can't believe how fast this time goes. How would you, what would you say to um, women that are, you know, either partnering with their couples and their husbands in ministry, or they're just, they're, they're trying to find and they're leading and they're influencing mm-hmm. and they're trying to balance, you know, and, and, and really stay true to who they are. What kind of advice would you give them in, in like two minutes? And also, um, just any plug, you know, for how do we listen into Dave's show and, and, and get, you know, some of the materials and financial piece, which has been huge in our church. Um, yes, just it has. Thank people, you. it's, it's radically changed. So we have two minutes to cover all of that, Sharon. <laughs> oh, Lisa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, as the children have grown and even when they were smaller, Lisa, I really had to sit back again and think. I, and this is just me, but I have to have time by myself, whether it's outside taking a walk, whether it is just sitting down for five or 10 minutes, you know, before the kids would come home from school or whatever. But for me to energize myself and for me to be a better mom and a better wife, I had to learn, and I probably had to learn the hard way, but I had to learn that I had sometimes take care of Sharon. And maybe it wasn't always the way Sharon wanted to take care of myself, but I just had to clear my mind because things things were just busy, busy, busy. And that's one thing about life. Life is just busy. And um, for me, that's how I really just have to stop and just make sure my mind is clear and um, and focus on what's what's going to happen. But um, um, I think to just, you know, spending time, I know the children, they definitely, you know, we try to always block out a time that we can have family time and everything. So being quality time, we may not always have a lot, a lot of time, but the quality time that we do have um, is important, whether it's your career, whether it's, uh, you know, taking a Bible study, which I love. I'm in BSF, and I just absolutely love that time that I can just sit down and do my homework with BSF. And I've learned to, you know, have challenging questions to go back and listen to other women as they're answering questions and everything. So our ears have to be open. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back with Dr. Natalie Eastman. 
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's merging Have you noticed that no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all kringle-krangled and jitterty-jitterty the next year? Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's marching To all our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad, have a wonderful holiday. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. You believe about women's role in church leadership? Should women lead groups that include men? Should women preach? Should women be ordained? More importantly, why do you believe what you believe? Um, That's a lot of questions. It is a lot of questions, and so many times we we have these discussions. We we talk about uh, we we look into scripture, and so now we we're going to anticipate and really put the pressure on Dr. Natalie Eastman because she is the author of Women Leadership and the Bible. How do I know what to believe? A practical guide to biblical interpretation, um, and she's going to give us all the answers in thirty minutes to where we never have to ask <laughs> these questions again. Okay, I'm taking notes because I want to. <laughs> so, welcome, Dr. Natalie Eastman. How are you today? I'm doing great. That has me completely cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't yes, know if you have a just chance. Just strap on, and we'll have it figured out in thirty minutes. Good. Minus good. commercial breaks. Yeah, there's no no high expectations here. Just, no, it, it's really it's the only reason why you had we had you on the show is because we knew Excellent. you had all of these answers. And I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Sharon Ramsey prior to you, but um, we had to share your quote that you sent me in the email. Um, so we were talking about you behind your back, basically. Hey, that's awesome. I kind of hoped you would that that okay. uh, the Financial Peace University meant a lot. my husband and me and our family. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We are going to, we're going to jump in. First of all, you are a freelance writer and a member of the Red Bud Writers Guild, and you have served full time as a youth minister to girls, as well as women 
a worship leader and team developer. You've been a missionary to East Asia, and uh, you also are a speaker, teacher at retreats, and you live in Delaware, Ohio. Ohio. Delaware. Ohio, yes. Ohio. Okay, Uh, but we're going to jump in. What do you believe about women's role in church leadership? (laughs) (laughs) Let's start off on a shower note. Going straight for the jugular. I appreciate that. Well, you know, that is, uh, that's a great and a fair question. And, uh, and one that's pretty logical, you know, if a person writes a book that's entitled Women Leadership in the Bible, then a lot of people have written me directly friends that I've had throughout the years who I send the notes, hey, my book is out, um, write me back and say, well, what exactly are you saying in the book? Because I want to, you know, I want to support you, but I'm not sure you know, I want to make sure what I'm supporting, which is a fair question. Um, and that is part of the reason why I wrote the book. And uh, so let me just answer your question to tell you, okay, I know what I believe. However, I don't say what I believe in the books because the point of the book is to teach women how to think it through for themselves. Mm-hmm. And You know, I don't know about your story. I've talked to a lot of women and men that have the same story. And having been in ministry for a long period of time myself, I feel fair in saying this. The church is not amazing overall at developing critical thinkers. Mm -hmm. There are some churches that that uh, that do really well at this, and they they teach women and men both to think theologically and think biblically, and they they go deep. Uh, But that's pretty hard to find. And part of the reason for that is because, on the one hand, you know, it's just easier to tell people what your denomination has already figured out or your group or whatever it is and say, well, this is what we believe. Take it or leave it. And um, and having people, you know, basically ask a lot of questions and rock the boat um, is tough when you have a group that you're trying to lead, right? I mean, that's just kind of a logistical reality. And then uh, on the other hand, too, um, leaders can't lead where they haven't been. And it's also true that that, uh, a lot of leaders who are leading, and I can say this because this was me, all right, you can't take people where you haven't been. Mm. And... uh, and if you have never really wrestled with an issue, and we're talking any issue, um, mm-hmm. and you don't know how to wrestle with it, then it's really hard for you to lead people through that wrestling process. So um, my position is irrelevant for other women's study. Um, I do have uh, a thought. You know, I have, I have, no, I have, I have a position. I, I know where I've landed on various you know, key points and issues, but um, even my editor wrote me and said, you know, I've read this cover to cover, and I don't know what your position is, but you've led women really well through how to figure it out for themselves. And I said, cha-ching, that's exactly what I was going for, because it was very hard to do, and I had to take the book back to zero a couple of times to get it you know, not to lean in any one direction. I want to teach women how, I I want to give them the tools and the skills to do it themselves. And the other uh, thing about this book is 
it really the the case study is women leadership in the Bible and what does the Bible say about you know women and you know what they should or shouldn't be doing and whatnot. But the process is really what the book is about. The process is definitely a lather, rinse, and repeat process. You can study any topic that has you befuddled. Should I should I uh, baptize my infant, or should I have you know, wait until their professing age. Should uh, Who's the Trinity or what's the Trinity? What's that all about? Um, that's confusing to me. Um, what, what, what am I supposed to think about gay marriage um, and different sexualities in general? So, uh, you know, does the Bible speak to that? You know, and things that really get us all befuddled and stumped and stymied and um, and... The, the book teaches a process of how to know what you believe. Well, Does you are definitely, you're, you're speaking our lingo in a big, bad way. Um, because, <laughs> and uh, I have a skewed perspective because Lisa, my, my business partner sitting here, her husband is the senior pastor at our church. And definitely um, the, the, his teachings provide that where exactly what you said, where you have more of that, that critical thinking. Um, when you don't have that, that's where the divisiveness comes through. And all of a sudden church are split. They're splitting because you don't have that unity. And I, I love what you said. The book is providing tools and the skills so you can ask these questions and develop your answers from scripture and the Bible, rather than just taking somebody else's word for it. And such great insight on the the fact that you really can't take someone somewhere that you have not been. And that is so true. I look back and I'm almost embarrassed at how adamantly I will argue a point um, as part of that divisiveness and not having the unity where, you know, in the Bible, all it talks about is unity and loving one another and coming together. And yet, I look back at some of the disagreements I've been in and it's because I've never been there. I haven't walked in in those person's shoes. I don't know what it's like to have a gay child or um, to experience, you know, go through a divorce. And, you know, we get so adamant on looking and reading scripture and it's very black and white rather than truly seeing the message that Jesus was talking about, which is really loving him and loving others and having that that unity. So Lisa's about ready to jump out of her skin because she has something to say oh, no, here. No, no. And, I, <laughs> and I, just, I keep talking. So well, Ka- Patty's on caffeine, so she's not breathing. So I'm just wa- I'm waiting yeah. for her to take a breath. Um, wait for it. <sighs> yeah, wait for it. Wait for it. No, it's not coming. Um, you know what? I, I totally agree with what she's saying. But in the, and what, one of the words I kept hearing you say that we don't like is process. It's a yeah. process, and you have to process. And yes. we just, we live in a time of instant gratification and we want somebody to spoon feed us and tell us what we think. And we don't want to have to think and wrestle with that. It. it takes too much time. And so I like what you're saying is like, I'm not going to give you the answer. And I mean, that really is pretty biblical. Jesus did the same thing. Yeah. So you're yeah. really a lot like, yeah. Jesus, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. Same. My, my, oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Lisa. Yeah. yeah. He didn't give answers. And so we're so quick to give an answer. Yeah, it's it's really true and and I you know, I'm guilty too. 
And uh, one of the stories I tell in, in the lengthy uh, acknowledgement section of the book um, is about my dad, who would never give my brother and me an answer. You know, we would be so frustrated. Just tell me what the answer is. And then he would say, <laughs> I want you to, his words over and over, I want you to work this out for yourself. Mm. And, and I do that with my, I have three kids, four, six, and eight. And I am, I'm probably to the point of cruelty, you know, maybe they're probably going to need <laughs> therapy all, you know, they're all their twenties and thirties, but they're, uh, I just, you know, I make them think something through, even if it's something as simple as what do you do after you're asking to be excused from dinner? What's the next thing you do? What do we always do? You go wash your hands and you brush your teeth, you know, so it's, you know, if they're standing, staring around, you know, what am, what am I supposed to do next? You know, we think it through. But yeah, another thing that the book does that I, I really wanted to provide as a help, a helpful thing for people because listen, I wrote the book for me. <laughs> you know, I wanted to figure when I was in a seminary, one of the reasons, it wasn't the reason I went to seminary. I went to seminary to become grounded in the word and to become I didn't know when I went into it. Yes, I, I, I knew on a theoretical level, but I really didn't know that I, I would be provided with all these tools. Like, that's the whole point, right? I just went because I just had this, I want to be grounded in the Word. I'd already been in ministry for 10 years, and it's about time. You know, I just do things flip-flop. And so uh, I went, and as I went through that process and had this whole awakening of, of, of my own uh, ability to think through things on a, on a very deep level, um, and then uh, and, and then began to crystallize and see it's a process. It's mm-hmm. a process, and it's not, it's not rocket science, okay? And I say that through my book a couple of, you know, this is not easy, no, it, and it takes time, but it, it's, it's not rocket science. And here, I'm going to show you how to do it. And there have been things that I've, I've even just in uh, trying to, you know, be a, be an author promoting her own book. Um, I've bought some products that hold my hand and take me step by step through uh, figuring something out, like how do you build a site in WordPress or whatever it is. And uh, and I need the handhold. We're going to have to take a break. We're going to yep, have to, to pause. And our next step is a break, and then we'll be right back. Sure. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Plenty of books exist telling women what to think, but precious few help women think for themselves, particularly about theological issues. Women, Leadership, and the Bible helps women learn to interpret the Bible and discern for themselves um, answers to their questions about women's role in the church, along with any other issues that they may face in life. And so we are talking with Dr. Natalie Eastman, the author of this book, Women, Leadership, and the Bible. And of course, um, I'm going to blame it on Lisa. You rudely interrupted her in, in, in some <laughs> great moments. Uh, but I'm going to blame it on our sound engineer, Casey, who made me stop. Okay. Follow on, Casey. There we go. <laughs> but we, we just have to ask you, Natalie, you're, you're talking about um, just going through the process. So tell us a little bit more about that, of how we, yeah. as women, can go through the process. Sure. And, and I, as right before the commercial break, I was leading up to this cogent point of that I, I give people a method. And I need methods. I need hand-holding. And so I wrote this book for pe- people who don't need a lot of hand-holding will fly with this book. They'll fly. They'll just be like, ah, I just need the tools. Bam, bam, bam. And people like me will go pokey, 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 and, but they will make it through. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you can, and for people like me also who have a hard time making decisions, I'm a Myers-Briggs P, I don't know if that tells you anything, Mm -hmm. and so when you introduce new uh, facts or new ideas, then everything has to be reassessed. Well, the book helps me too in that way uh, and helps you know, hey, you've done this, you've done all this work, you are ready to make a working decision. Okay. So the, uh, oh, sorry, somebody was cutting in on me. Um, are you guys still there? How dare. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it gives a beginning and a middle and an end. And the five steps are uh, prepare, and which is often a very overlooked step when you're getting ready to interpret or study and interpret and understand the Bible list. uh, Here we go. 
let me start over because I was messing myself up with my hand gestures. Prepare, <laughs> list, study, filter, and choose. And it's as simple as that. Of course, every it's five steps, but, you know, nothing's ever just five steps. There are sub-steps to the steps. So, and the steps may take different lengths of time. They definitely do. Study. I am a person... And you guys are people and the women listening to your podcast and, and men, people are people who uh, adore and worship God for his word. And he has given us his word to know him. And so that step of study is where you dive, dive, dive deep into scripture. And I actually teach women the process of, uh, of the big word hermeneutics, which is biblical interpretation. And it's on an introductory level, but it, it is deep and happy enough that, that they are doing some, some serious, credible study that they can feel good about. Have you ever made a decision about something or you're, like you were saying, Patty, earlier, you've gone along, you argue something, and, but maybe inside you're like, but I'm not really, really sure myself because I've never really studied it. And even the process of my study, like I know that it's not on a seminary level. I could never do what they do. Right. Right. I give people the tools to know that, you know, there, it's not going to be the exact same as uh, someone who has completed seminary study, you know, gone for three or four years and studied all the languages. But I even talk about that. I talk about what if you don't know the languages? What are the tools that you can use that give you that extra umph in your study? And how do you uh, look at something in its in its immediate context and its greater context, and then the whole context of the story of God? You know, how do you do all that stuff? And and particularly as applies to these questions that you brought to the text. So. Um, and then the filter one, the fourth step, is that process of discernment, of taking all these things you've studied and the positions you have looked at, and you then take them through uh, internal and external filters. And uh, external examples would, would be uh, conversations in your, in, in your church, maybe talking with church leaders. Um, the Word, of course, that's, that's an external to you, uh, and uh, your study that you did in step three would be a part of that. Um, what did Jesus do about this? Those kinds of things. And then internal ones, like how is this sitting with your spirit? Like, can you sit with this and, and does it rest with you? Um, uh, and then the question, like, how does this lead? Like Patty, you were saying earlier, how does this lead toward human flourishing? If you're going to take a position, how does it lead toward human flourishing and the unity of the body of Christ? And uh, that is a subtext. I'm, I'm glad that, that that's something you're on fire about, too, because that, that's a subtext that people will clearly read in my book of, um, you know, we're not allowed, no matter what way you decide, we're not allowed not to be in fellowship with each other. Mm. We're called by God to work it out. I tell mm. my kids, you go back in that room, they come, you know, <laughs> she did this, and we, we, we. so you go back in that room and you work it out because you're not going to like the consequences if I have to get involved. So, you know, I think God treats us a little bit like children in that way. Work it out. Work yeah. it out. So, and it's uh, a novel thought, right? That how does this lead to human flourishing? I mean, because that's exactly what God has 
has asked us to do, but some, sometimes we're so out to prove our point and be, be correct. Uh, Lisa just got back from the national prayer conference in DC last week mm. and, um, just seeing it on a global level. Like I, I still can't soak in all of her stories of just yeah. even figuring out how does my faith, how does my belief come into where, where is our common ground, our common denominator where we can actually discuss this and have a topic. But sometimes I know for me, I grew up in a very evangelical, almost legalistic perspective that we come in, that you're my project and I'm out to win. Um, and that could be a little bit of my competitive spirit, but um, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> But imagine that, you know, lead to human flourishing. If you really had that as how do we stay, you know, in a conversation and walk away in unity? And we many times don't don't look at it from that perspective. But I laugh at how you are with your kids because my mom, there was six of us. I'm the baby of six. And she would say, don't come to me unless there's blood. Like you guys work it out. And, um, and, I'm using and, and that. I'm my feeling kids, it. Yeah, all six of us have worked it out, and we still are friends mm-hmm. to this day. So there's something to be said about that. Work yeah. it out. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to process. We don't want to have to work through something. We just want a quick yeah. fix, or we want we don't have to like okay, don't just tell me what to do or, or whatever. It's like that process really mm-hmm. hangs us up. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's why I have a microwave. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Not be a microwave. But we do often have microwave theology. I'm going to use that. I, I just thought of that. But yeah, we we want microwave theology. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be easy. Just tell me, really, tell me what to think. So that's and, and I'll do. It. Tell me what to think, and I'll think it. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I mean that there's a, you know, there's there's a. The Bible said it. I believe it. That's it. You know, so that's um, a saying. Yeah. But, but knowing exactly what the Bible does say, I've, I have had people, you know, say that to me in the past. So well, you go, okay, well, we don't have much to talk about then, do we? <laughs> just, just as you were talking though, and you were going through these stats of, you know, prepare, list, study, and the filter. And I immediately thought in my mind that, okay, I want to ask her a question about a specific issue. And then I thought, no, because she's going to make me process and go through these steps. She's not going to give me the answer. And then I, I did. I thought, well, I'm not going to ask She's going to torment you. She is. It's like, oh, wait, I'm going to have yeah. homework. I don't want yes. that. I want the microwave version. So I, I truly, I, I thought about that. I thought, oh, no. Well, I want to know what your question is now. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Please. We want, we want to know. I really do want to know your stance on women in leadership, but I know, I know you're not going to, you're not going to share, but you said you, yeah. you have an answer. You have some thoughts on that. Well, well on that, yeah, I, ha- I do. I have, you know, I, I clearly, I mean, I've done my, you know, I've done my own work. Um, one of the women I interviewed in the book, uh, her phrase, her dad always started, my dad was, I want you to work it out. Her dad was, you need to chew your own food. Mm. And, uh, and so, but we had a deal when, when I was in, uh, my doctor of ministry uh, cohort, we had, oh, just this is about 20 women, 15 or 20 women, and just leaders across the stage, just really wonderful women, all being mentored by Dr. Alice Matthews and, and, and uh, Dr. Gay Hubbard. And, uh, and uh, we went through um, three 
uh, an entire year of the deep uh, hermeneutical study of of this whole topic um, of our three years in the in the program, and uh, and Alice, she's the one who mentored me in this whole thing of like she never would tell me what she believed and or what she thought about just about anything. She was just expert at, at forcing you through the hoops to to think it out for yourself. And we got to the end of this year, and my uh, very good friend Kay Daigle, and, and she's got her own ministry now, she, she just laid it out what all the other women were thinking. Well, aren't you going to tell us what the answer is? <laughs> and, uh, and everybody was like, yeah, and Alice, you know, no, I'm not going to. She did because they badgered her so badly. <laughs> she did eventually, but but uh, she wouldn't for, for that entire year. And nobody knew, um, and she hadn't published any books about it yet, so <laughs> nobody quite wow. knew. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was really impressed by that. And I, it, you know, sometimes it makes for uh, not. I try to diffuse any awkwardness, you know, pretty quickly, and just say, you know, hey, it's it's just because I, I want women to be able to think it out for themselves, and I don't want them to be influenced by, um, you know, what I may or may not believe about one certain thing that uh, is very, very near and dear to them or they're, you know, that really confuses them or their church holds near and dear or whatever it is. Um, well, Dr. Natalie, we're going to have, yes, we want to thank, thank you, all. you again for joining our show and thank you for tormenting us by not giving <laughs> us all the answers. Your book, Women, Leadership, and the Bible, How Do I Know What to Believe? A Practical Guide to Biblical Interpretation. We'll have a link on our on our site at girlfriended.com, how you can find your book. And thank you for sharing and, um, and just not giving us the answers. Have a great day. <laughs> thank you, Patty. Thank you, Lisa. And God bless your ministry. Bye-bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 